The reading is taken from Matthew um, chapter 6, verses 25 um, to the end of the chapter. This can be found on page 971. Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, good evening. Um, so this week I spent a fair amount of the week um, obviously worrying that I was speaking this evening <laughs> and uh, then every time I'd sit down and uh, look at this passage I'd go oops that's not very handy um, but we're uh, going to look at this passage about uh, not worrying and so I'll just pray before we start let's pray dear God I pray you be with us now as we look at your word Lord, you understand our hearts and you know where we're coming from. And I pray that you would um, really open them up to what you might say. And I pray you would speak through me and that you would be your words and that we would hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I think it's a really good passage, I guess, in today's day and age because worry does feature a lot in our lives. Um, And I guess as we become more busy and uh, more stressed, worry inevitably rears its head. Um, There was a survey made of about 2,000 people, and it listed the following things in terms of their top worries. Uh, Number one was being overweight, getting old. Number two, worrying about savings, financial future. Number three, overall fitness, financial debts, low energy levels, credit card debt, paying rent and mortgage, job security, my diet. So if you arrived here tonight not worrying, I've probably just worried you now uh, before we get started. Um, But how do we get to grips with worry? How do we master it and not let it dominate our lives? And how do we deal, actually, with a passage which um, you can say a lot of things about it, but it's not very ambiguous in terms of what Jesus is telling us? Um, Because it's quite direct in saying we shouldn't worry um, if we trust him and we believe with him. So tonight I'm going to try and look at this. Um, I'm going to look at three angles in this command. So firstly, there's the kind of the logical approach, if you like, you know, you, you know, if we use our heads and consider it. Secondly, a m- more emotional angle, think about our hearts. And lastly, I'm going to try and look at a wider angle and think about perspective and, and what it means trying to get it into perspective. And hopefully those will give us some tools to try and deal with um, this challenge, which is worry. But first, just to look at the passage, if you have your Bibles open, it'll be really helpful, page 971. 
And it says, actually, this is the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is doing this great sermon um, and, and going through lots and lots of different themes and topics. And actually, the passage just before, he's talked about treasures in heaven, about money and about how we can only have one master. And he said, really, to people, in terms of priorities, that you need to put God first in your life and put the kingdom of God um, first. And that's a theme which we'll come back to at the end of this evening. Um, But that's kind of really important because having said that if you put um, God first in your life, he then goes on and says, therefore, I tell you. So there's kind of a presumption that having heard him say this, you'll have taken heed of that. Put God first. And then he goes on and says, therefore, do not worry about your life, uh, about the things that might happen. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, it's important to sort of to realize. And we'll come back and we'll talk about that a bit towards the end. But let's look firstly at the logical angle. And, and I thought I'd spend a little bit of time, there's a little bit about actually what do we mean by worry. Um, and I read, um, I read one particular book anyway. And, and there were two interesting points that it made. So the first one is that having a tendency to worry isn't necessarily a bad thing. Okay, so um, if, if you look at uh, how people think about personality, um, having, if you have a tendency to worry, you're often what's called towards the neurotic end of the spectrum. Okay? Now, you might think, and uh, you know, if I went home to Bridget and said, hey, Bridget, I think you're amazing, I think you're very neurotic, um, I think she probably wouldn't appreciate it, because neuro- you know, being neurotic, we often have negative connotations uh, with that. But actually, people who are like that, in its strictest sense, it means that you tend to think about things a lot. You tend to mull them over and analyze them. Um, you're often quite cautious, and you know, if you're an evolutionary biologist, you'd say you've got the best chance of surviving um, because of that caution. And, and actually, these people tend to be compassionate. They make good friends, and they make loyal friends because they, you know, they take care and they're careful. So I think... You know, it's very easy, I guess, to be very down in ourselves about the fact that we worry. And there's a little bit of recognizing that actually, you know, if you have a tendency to that, you also, there are very positive things that go with it. Now, that's not to say that we, you know, you also have the risk that it will blow out of control and it will dominate your life. And that's the challenge. But there are positive things about having that tendency. So the second thing is that worry comes in many forms. Um, and so there's some studies, and I think this is kind of well-known statistics, but it's quite interesting in trying to break down the different forms of worry. So it says that when we worry, 40% of the things we worry about never happen. And so, in essence, we're kind of wasting our time. And these I'd characterize as, if you're worried about something, and you can put what if in front of your worry, then that's that kind of sort of future worry you can't quite put your finger on. You know, so that's often, you know, what happens if I get this? What happens if this happens to me? What happens if this happens to my friends and family? What if, what if, what if? And actually these things which are sometimes called floating worries can be really paralyzing because they just go round and round and round our head. And those are the worries, the worries that, that often never happen. 30% of what we worry about has already happened. And this is another you know, type of thing whereby you maybe something's happened to you in the past or you've done something and actually you just keep playing it over and over again and you worry about the implications and about what that means. And that's another thing that, you know, the Bible is really clear about saying that, you know, we're a new creation in Christ and we should be able to let our past go because God has forgiven us for any of that. 
And we need to accept it and kind of move on. So that's, that's another 30%. 12% are, are called needless worries. This is like, I mean, it, you know, we're humans, right? So it matters to us. But it's what people think of us. Do you know? And many times do you worry about, oh, no, I wonder what they think, I wonder what they think, I wonder what they think, and so on. 10% are petty. So these are the ones uh, like, uh, should I wear my blue stripy socks or my yellow stripy socks this morning? <clears throat> do you know, what should I have for breakfast, cornflakes or Weedabix? Some people worry about those types of things as well. 8%. What we worry about then actually does happen, okay? And you can split this 8%, this is the magical 8% that you think, well, it's going to happen. And you can say 4% are beyond our control, which is, you know, natural disasters and things that, you know, we can't even dream of controlling. And, and 4% are actually the things that we can control and do something about. And it's actually those sort of things that, you know, when you look at the whole of worry and that 100%, there are things that potentially there's some benefit in spending a lot, a lot of time worrying about it. Um, but I think, I guess I'd say that um, I'd split the two between actually concern is a, is a good thing. So, for example, um, let me give a couple of examples from my week. Um, if I'm out in the park, I have Esme's two, and she's kind of, you know, walking along the climbing frame, and I see that in her head she thinks she can go down a fireman's pole, but I know she can't, you know, not yet anyway. And, and so, therefore, I have a concern that if I don't run across and stop her, she's going to do something stupid and hurt herself. And for me, that's, that's a kind of a, you know, a, you know, it's a regular, real concern that, that's reasonable. Or for me, on Friday, I at work, uh, we have a European processing forum, which is dull for most people, but it was a big deal for me, and I was presenting at it. And so, so I have kind of a concern about how that might go. And the concern for me drives me into, I guess, planning, making sure I turn up on time, making sure I remember to iron my shirt. You know, it kind of drives kind of good behavior because I'm concerned about that. And so I think concern isn't a bad thing because it often means we plan and we prepare and we, you know, we, do, we do stuff because we can see. But the danger is that concern can very easily spin into kind of a real you know, uh, worry that dominates. And that might be a worry that just goes round and round our head. Or it's like what I talk about concern uh, gone haywire. And that's the bit that I guess certainly as Christians that we need to be aware of. Because the Bible talks about, and we look at the passage, in, in verse 27, for example, Jesus says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And I guess we kind of know this. It's sort of common sense. But it's worth spelling it out. Because worry probably, that, that not the concern, but the worry and it goes around, it actually, if anything, it probably will shorten your life due to the stress it brings. And so, you know, logically, it just doesn't make sense to spend all our time and our headspace um, in this uh, area. Jesus comes back to the point in 30, verse 34, if we look down. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, um, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So worrying typically doesn't get us anywhere. And it's futile, um, really, when we look at it ultimately. It's a bit like, you kind of pick your analogy, but it's like a rocking chair sometimes worry. In that, you know, we just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But actually, you know, we're just staying in the same place and going nowhere. And so when you think about um, worry, it's like what Mark Twain said. He said, I'm an old man now, and I've known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. Do you know, actually, what worry can do, it just, you know, it can bring us trouble. So from a purely head, logical point of view, um, Jesus says, you know, don't, do not worry. So that's the first angle. The second angle is the more emotional one. So a story was once told. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so? 
said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. You see, in the passages that uh, we see, we see Jesus coming up with two examples, that of the lilies of the field and that of the sparrows. <clears throat> and he makes it really clear that, that by this comparison, he says that if he cares about sparrows and he cares about just you know, wildflowers that you know, grow and die, how much more does he care about us? And that, you know, that idea of God as a father who loves us and values us and you know, wants what's best for us should drive us also to think that you know, we can trust him with our worries and we can hand them over to him because he cares. And he says, you know, if you read down through the passage, he will meet our needs um, and we can trust him with that. Um, Esme and I have this great game. Uh, on the stairs we play it, which I know you're saying you shouldn't play games on the stairs, but, but, she, but she likes it. And anything for a cheap laugh. But, but she, um, so, so what happens is this. So I'll stand at the top of the stairs, she'll come over to me, jump my back, loosely put her arms around my neck. And then as we head down the stairs, about halfway down, she lets go. And, uh, and I catch her, obviously, because you, know, you would do that, wouldn't you? Um, but, but the interesting thing about Esme, and I guess she's young, and she hasn't learned all the worldly kind of worries and stuff, but she absolutely trusts me. And she knows that I'm not going to just let her collapse and fall down three, you know, three or four steps. And because she loves me and she trusts me and she knows that, you know, I feel the same for her. And how much more with a God that created us should we know that actually we can trust him because he will catch us and he'll look after us. And that we don't need to, uh, we don't need to worry. Because cause I think that I'm sure God looks down and thinks, you know, these are my children who I love. And it must pain him that he said, I've come to give you life in all its fullness. And actually, you know, we spend, unfortunately, it's life with all its worries. And we use a lot of the time his desires for us to enjoy life. Uh, we spend it on that rocking chair going back and forth. And so the second thing it says to remember that you're valuable to God, that he loves you and that you can put your trust in him uh, with the things that worry you. So don't worry. That's the emotional angle. And then lastly... Uh, just to kind of take a step back, we've seen, we've seen with our head, the kind of the logical, actually worrying is futile. It doesn't add any more uh, time to your life. It doesn't solve anything often. Um, but with our heart, we're loved by God in this amazing way, and he'll look after us, and so we can kind of leave the things with him. And so then lastly is to zoom out and see the big picture. Because the thing that makes us different um, from people who, who don't have a relationship with God is the fact that we can call upon this peace and this sense that you know, God loves us and he's with us. And in, in verse 33, the other part Jesus says, is Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And this is kind of going back to the previous passage where he said in relation to money that you want to seek the kingdom of God and that that should be your number one priority. And he says again that we, as, you know, if we believe and have that relationship, we should be obsessed by the things of God and his glory and not by the things of this world. And, and it talks about, it moves from being about me and about my needs and about internally. And it moves to his kingdom and his righteousness. So God's kingdom on earth, how we build that kingdom, how we work in our community, changing it for the better. And his righteousness, how we, we know that righteousness that um, Christ died on the cross for us. And that good news that we can share for other people. My old curate um, 
when I was in London, used to say that there are two ways you can tell people's priorities. And that is if you have a copy of their bank statement and a copy of their diary. Because if you look in their diary and their bank statement, you see what's important to people. It's how they spend their time and how they spend their money, which often dictates what they value in life. And that's the, you know, that's the priorities thing. And I think actually for, um, for St. Matthews, um, this, this, you know, what Jesus says uh, in these verses uh, is really telling for us. Because he says, again, in verse 33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, our, our statement is that we want to be a thriving, growing church at the heart of the parish, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and serving the community. You see, that's what we want to be. We want to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, his righteousness for all people. And we want to be uh, in the community as well, serving the community, bringing God's kingdom here. And I often think, when you think about worry, there is no end of things that you could worry about at St. Matthew's. Do you know, you could worry about um, do you know, how we're doing this or how we're doing that. Have I offended this person or have I offended that person? Do you, know, you could think about, will people like this or will they not like this? And I'm not at all saying that those things aren't important. <clears throat> but as Paz often says, do you know, we're on this journey and we want to have this vision of where we're heading. And actually, if we focus our perspective on that, the things around us and the, you know, the, the kind of the tight corner that we go on that maybe wasn't very pleasant uh, is put in perspective by that kind of vision of where we want to be. I spent some time um, when I was younger uh, working for Wycliffe Bible Translators. Um, I, I wasn't translating Bible. I wasn't good enough to do that. I was doing the IT stuff, which is obviously still really important, I'd say. Um, and I was in Côte d'Ivoire, which, if you get my French accent, is the Ivory Coast to most people. And and I guess like many people who have um, been to Africa or different countries, you see very real the poverty. And I think, you know, if I had a pound for every time I had friends who came back, and probably the, the main thing they'd say is that it puts life in perspective. Um, and, and that's, I think, it's a very telling thing because we as humans have this incredible capacity of losing perspective um, in things we, you know, we see something and we're shocked and we realize you know, what we have and what it is and we get things in perspective and then life grinds us down and we lose it very quickly after that. And I think for coming back to worry, that, that worry, and this sounds trite, and I know it's, it can be very difficult for a lot of people, but if there's any way we can kind of raise our picture and try and put things in perspective, then that helps to see that what appear mountains are actually molehills and, and, and we can make progress in that. Okay, so just wrapping up, in case obviously you're worried, but I might not finish quickly. Um, verse 34 is this great ending to the passage uh, where Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think there's something quite interesting in this uh, verse, which is, it, it's it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say, um, for tomorrow everything will be okay. <laughs> he says that tomorrow, let's see what it said, tomorrow, um, each, sorry, he says, you can, tomorrow has worries and each day has enough trouble of its own, right? So, so actually, tomorrow will bring trouble and we know that that's, that's the nature of life, this side of heaven. Um, but, but he says that, you know, don't kid ourselves into thinking that, well, if I just get the next promotion, or if I just get that extension, or if I just get, um, do you know, uh, pr um, 
to you know, be it this, or maybe if I have kids, maybe if I get rid of the kids finally. Do you know, whatever the, whatever the green field is, that life will be better and, and my worries will go away. And I guess Jesus is kind of saying, do you know, the days will have troubles. This will always exist. And, and we need to be able to deal with it as it is. And I think probably the best as thing through it is the idea, as verse 34 says, of just taking one step at a time. Because often to get off that rocking chair, or whatever the analogy is, it's just that one step. It's that one step to step off and say, do you know this thing that's been going round and round and round and round and round? I'm just going to park it for one day. And that then helps to kind of us make progress as we go through that. So just to recap then, so to use your head, worrying isn't going to, you know, that worry that goes round and round isn't going to help. It just wastes your head space and avoid you having the life God wanted you to have. Feel it in your heart that God as your heavenly father loves you. And he doesn't want you to have this. And he wants to take it from you. And then see the big picture. That these, these concerns are important. But let's put God first. And let's focus on that. And the journey we're going on. And try and get some perspective with that. Because if we do that. Then we will have life in all its fullness. As Jesus promised us. Shall we just pray? Dear God, thank you for uh, your wisdom in the Bible. And Lord, you know our hearts. And you know, uh, for many people here, they carry great burdens uh, and great worries that I'm not trying to trivialize. But Lord, let us remember that you do love us and you don't want us um, to struggle like this. And I do pray that we'll be able to take some of this and take one step at a time in terms of walking that exciting journey with you and living life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name, amen.